And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. So the season's getting nearer and we've finally had our first tentative glimpses of City's new signings at the Etihad. No on-the-pitch action yet, but the first batch of players arriving this summer have spoken to the media ahead of the new season and that's going to be the focus of today's show. I'm David Mooney. Sam Lee's here. Hi, Sam. Hello. And so is Paul Bias. Hello. This is the Athletics Manchester City podcast, Why Always Us? And you can read everything on City and more on The Athletic right now for just a pound a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod to sign up. You'll get these podcasts without the adverts as well, so go and have a look at that, theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. Um, nice day for uh, for a, a meet and greet at the Etihad, wasn't it, Sam? Oh, yeah. It was, it was, well, I mean, for some, it was genuinely too warm, wasn't it? Like, they had to keep interrupting the on-stage stuff to, like, get medics to go and help. I, I, I saw some kids, but maybe adults as well, needed to be pulled out from the crowd and given water because yeah. that's how hot it was. But, I mean, as far as, you know, those plans go, unveiling a player in England, it's a bit like cricket, isn't it? You, you need it to be good weather, and you're not always guaranteed it. But the <laughs> fact that, you know, City scheduled it for that weekend and it turned out to to be a really nice day it certainly helped the whole thing along because yeah. ultimately like, it doesn't it's nothing is it it's, it's not like it doesn't mean anything beyond what yesterday was but it, it's just a nice afternoon to go and do something city related if you're a city fan um, although there was a woman right down the front wearing a United shirt with Rashford <laughs> on the back um, yeah it's just a nice day to to go and see some of the players and and I don't know just before the serious business of the football starts just have a nice time with your football club because yeah. as I wrote in the article about it as soon as the season starts, it's too stressful, isn't it? So you may as well enjoy it now while you can. Yeah, I mean, the, before the serious stuff of the podcast starts as well, uh, Paul, I've got to ask, because um, we, 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 we three were there. Um, it was It's one of the hottest days of the year. Um, you were in jeans, mate. What was going on? I mean, the thing is that I don't have shorts in Manchester. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. And I think that seven years in the city, has has they have told me that I don't need shorts in here. But apparently this week is going to be hot and warm, so I'm up for it. I'm probably going to have to buy some some new clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam, you're in the garden right now, so living the life yeah. of Riley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lying on the grass. Well, got a blanket, lying on the grass. My son's asleep, recording the podcast in the sun. I mean, that's the life, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's all work. So let's, uh, let's get down to business. Um, three of the four players unveiled, Paul. Uh, what were your first impressions of it all? I mean, the first impression is, is that they were three players that were really happy to be at City. Really, really happy. All of them from different angles and from different stories. But you could see how Stefan Ortega probably like three years ago, he couldn't even imagine that he could reach to that point in his career to be in an unveiling with so many people, with the, in a big club, with so big expectation. Uh, Julian Alvarez was like doing his childhood move, going from South America to 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 Europe and Haaland, I mean, he was the right man at the right place. So you could sense that, like that all the players were like excited to be there and just waiting to start training, basically. 
Yeah, Sam, we we were. I mean, l- let's be honest with everybody. I, I was cynical about it. You you were fairly <laughs> cynical about it as well. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's look, not really a football, British thing, football is it? Journalists. Yeah. No, but no, it's not. Like, I'd, like I'm kind. I'm like, I'm cynical about everything, but I, I'm kind of self aware enough to realise that that's not a good way to live. And so, I'm, basically, I go so far the other way. Um, I just kind of. Just yeah, crack on if it's not hurting anyone. Carry on, you know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain about anything, whether it's you know Harry Styles or or an afternoon chanting City at some footballers when they're not playing. Just whatever, <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, but yeah, but, but and look, football journalists are cynical by nature anyway. Like so, yeah, it's I don't and I don't want to kind of fall into that trap either. So yeah, cra- good luck to her. So th- that's the thing that all my Spanish colleagues that asked me like why in England they don't tend to do like presentations of players because in Spain yeah. when Barcelona when Real Madrid signed like big players of course they do like a full event for them and why is England not doing that I mean it's not an English thing but um, in other parts of the world is like quite a common thing and actually I have like friends in in Spain that told me Jesus that, that was a small thing uh, like you have Holland, you have to take advantage of that and do like a bigger event and I was like Jesus that's Quite an accomplishment, given that uh, in England it, it, it's not that common to do that. Yeah, yeah, people wouldn't come. And like, if Haaland had signed for Liverpool or United, I don't think with their bigger fan bases, I don't think it would have been that much bigger a turnout. Yeah, like, yeah. Would yeah. they would they have filled Anfield for it? I don't think so. Like people no. just, I don't know. Liverpool are slightly different, aren't they? But the kind of because what I was thinking then was Paul was talking was basically everyone in Britain is cynical. It's just <laughs> it's just a, it's just a matter of how much, and especially like football fans. Um, so you know. I suppose a lot of it yesterday was, oh, take the kids or whatever. Maybe there were people there who were thinking, not really having this, but, you know, we'll, we'll go. Um, but, yeah, everyone in, in Britain's kind of cynical. But in terms of, like, celebrations and and stuff, like Liverpool are kind of different, aren't they, with all the, the bus greetings and not, like, the legal ones, not the, the city ones. <laughs> um, so maybe they, they maybe would have got a few more. But I think, you know, if a club with as many fans as United had assigned Haaland, you know, even in kind of the heyday I'm not sure they would have filled Old Trafford with loads of fans like just just for that it's just yeah it's just not really it's just not really a British thing at all Yeah. Um, but like, I'd be interested to know how many you know Barca signings over the last 18 months who aren't like Neymar and Suarez anymore you know when, when they're signing Dubai and like Braithwaite or whatever there's no way they're pulling in no, 20, no, 25,000 people yeah but you can sign I don't know Frankie de Jong and you can put there like 20,000 people, 30,000 people, mm. which, which is massive. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Yeah, I'm slightly uh, perturbed though, Paul, that uh, you think the idea of City bringing in someone like Fabian Delph wouldn't pack out the Etihad. It's, uh, I, uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I would be there and, and I would feel the Etihad for sure, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, I, I mean, the headline of the of the day was uh, Erling Haaland. Uh, let's talk a little bit about him because uh, they all uh, all the players that were there did a press conference as well. So uh, we've got some uh, audio from those players. Uh, we'll start with Haaland, uh, who uh, was started. One of the first questions was uh, how he was going to deal with the pressure that would be on him for being such a big transfer and uh, one of the headline transfers of the summer. Uh, this is what he said. Like I've been doing uh, my whole. Uh my whole career, uh, try to enjoy every single minute, every moment, uh, to try to not to think too much because uh, I think overthinking is not a good thing for uh, every human being. Uh, 
I just try to relax when I can relax and to uh, enjoy every single moment when I can and uh, to work hard. Yeah, it's a big challenge. Uh, it's a new country, it's, uh, it's a new league, uh, new coach, new everything. So it's a big challenge, of course. Uh, but I know how it is to come to a new club. Uh, so uh, I've done it a couple of times before. Uh, so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. One answer in Sam, and he's already overthinking things with uh, with Guardiola. Well, no, he's already he's <laughs> already yeah, he's already had a dig of pep. He's only been in for five minutes. <laughs> this is all this is heading for disaster. I'm telling you, that was my takeaway from yesterday. Yeah, uh, he seems a pretty self confident lad, doesn't he, Paul? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he is. You can tell he is. But I think that he's also like aware that he's going to have to change things. That he's going to play on a team and on a, and on a system that he hasn't been before. And I think it's a good. It's a good part of it because I, I liked it a lot when he highlighted this that moment that he remembered when he faced City on the Champions League saying, like, please, Gundogan, stop passing the ball around. Um, so I guess that he's aware that he's going to join that team now. Um, and being ready for it will help because he's going to have to change things. Um, because I think that not just him, but Pep and the staff, they have put a lot of thoughts on how to make it like a perfect fit, a perfect match. So that's going to help, I guess. Yeah, um, Paul mentioned it there, Sam. Uh, this is the clip where he, he talks about playing against City in the past. Oh, sorry. Uh, but no, it's it's, 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 it's it's a nice it's little preview, perfectly, mate. Yeah, nice little yeah. preview. That's what it was. <laughs> um, let's hear it from the man himself. I played against them in um, Champion Champions League last year. Uh, and then you know you see something on TV, and then when you actually meet it, it's completely different. And uh, I got a feeling of that. Suddenly, I didn't touch a ball for twenty-five minutes in the game. I was like. Uh, Please, Gundogan, stop playing uh, tiki-taka all the time, you know, a bit like this. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different level, I have to say. Uh, how they approach the game, how they play, how they create chances, and that's what I wanted to be, uh, that's what I want to be a part of. So, Sam, how, how easy do you think it'll be for him to fit in at, at, at City? Because like, a lot of us are sitting here thinking uh, he'll just slot in, get on the end of De Bruyne passes and score goals. I mean, uh, yeah. there's going to be more to it than that, though, isn't there? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, nobody knows. Um, I've said all along that I think that he will take time to adapt, but I also think that because he's so good in the box and, you know, he'll have to, he'll have to adapt outside the box and maybe he'll lose the ball a few times. But you know, from a football writer's point of view, you know, if somebody wins a game, um, you can't really say, oh, they were shit then, really, because you just know the fans are going to be on your back. And if, by the same token, if somebody loses a game, like if City go out of the Champions League and play well, and you say, oh, you know what? They actually played pretty well then. Everyone's just like, oh, what are you talking about? You're supposed to slag them off because they lost. So if he's if he's missing a few passes outside the box and you're losing possession, fine. But Well, not fine, but it will be fine because I think his movement in the box is so good and his instincts are so good and City are so good at putting the ball in the right area, he's going to score anyway. And then you'll, you'll have the situation, I've said it loads, but it'll be like he might score two or three goals in his first couple of games and then... We'll, we'll go into the press conference and say, Pep, oh, how good is this lad? And then Pep will be the one saying, yeah, yeah, he's doing really well. That's obviously scores goals, but you know, he needs to improve this. He needs to improve that. Basically, the Aguero thing from like 2016, where we're looking going, what do you mean he needs to improve? Because he's, always, because he's scoring enough goals. So I don't know how he's going to adapt. I don't, I don't know if he's going to go brilliantly, if it's going to go terribly, if it's going to be somewhere in the middle. But I do think that while he's got like rough edges to smooth down, 
the majority of us won't notice. Or even if we do, it's not going to be a big deal because I do just think he's going to score plenty of goals and that'll compensate. Yeah, Paul, I'm uh, I, I'm aware that I might be expecting too much too soon, but I built my fantasy league team today, and uh, the first two names I put in were De Bruyne and Haaland. Yeah, straight in. Did you, did you have money for anyone else? <laughs> no, not quite. I, it's, it's then press also complete and see what you're left with. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Yeah, logic says that that I mean probably with all the attacking players that City has signed, like under Pep, if you look at Riyad Mahrez at Bernardo Silva, if you can, if if, if you want to include him. They they probably need like one season or need a bit of time, but I think it's just inevitable to to dream or to get excited with Holland. And I'm not the one to tell people and fans not to get excited. So there we go. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, I'm very much on the hype train there, Sam. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it was really interesting that it was of all the like the elements of City's game generally to pick out but also that game specifically I just thought it was interesting that it was it was Gundogan that yeah. you'd you'd mention for well, you know kind, it was kind a great of, season from Gundo. yeah yeah it was it was it was just it was it just kind of goes to show that that kind of appreciation you get between pros and you know the acknowledgement of his game obviously loads of people um appreciated Gundogan yeah. last season oh, the season before last for the goals but if I remember rightly this this role he played against Dortmund was more deep line, wasn't it? It was yeah. get the ball, get the ball, give the ball, you know, in that kind of classic David Silver mold. Um, so yeah. I just thought that was an interesting thing. But the whole thing about Haaland and Paul and and, and Mooney as well, saying he's confident. Yeah. Like he he obviously is confident, but whenever he kind of said kind of self-deprecating stuff or stuff like, oh no, I have to improve, it he came over as very genuine. Yeah, like when Alvarez spoke, it was like, "Oh, I just want to help the team," and it's like, oh, cool. "Like, fine, I get it. That's how that's how footballers speak," and I get it. Um, but Harlan didn't have that. This is how footballers speak. He was he was genuine, and we know like, you can tell he's confident. The way he walked in the room and he just said like he just looked at everyone and went hi or like hello, and hello. it was like that's that's just not normal, is it? Like as for a press conference, normally they shuffle in and do what they need to do. You know, he was he was confident, but when he did give answers, where it was like. Well, you know, I need to improve as well. It did come across as completely genuine, and he wasn't just like trying to say what press officers have told him to say in the past. Yeah, it's the fact that I mean, like you say, I, I I'm 34, and it's only in the last few years that I would feel confident enough to walk into a room like that, sit down in front of everyone, and say hello. Like, <laughs> I, no, then then ju- then as, as the first question's about to be asked, turn to the press officer and go, "Actually, no. Can we stop this? Can I get some water, please?" And like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know, that sort of like just the, the the knowledge of his presence in the room and and kind of his position. But also his just his confidence in in the way he spoke because it's I mean we talked on that podcast where we talked about um, just what he's like and uh, and how he was brought up Sam we talked about yeah. um, that kind of uh, what's perceived as quite a bluntness with reporters at yeah. times well, when he, he when when he when he doesn't when, when the question is is fairly obvious and he just he just kind of answers the question but yeah. I I think it I, having kind of seen him in the flesh and seen how he operates in the flesh like that I just kind of see it as it's it's just personality, isn't it? It's just personality that a lot of footballers don't seem to have, or is drummed uh, out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely has got that personality. Like that's that's part kind of why he's got this kind of reputation and he's kind of iconic and all this kind of stuff because he's not just like because the thing is like Aguero had like bags of personality, but it was only in the last few years that you actually saw it because yeah. he never really did interviews and like when he did, like if he ever did them in English, it would just be like a few words. So you never really got to see it, but obviously Harland, he's got he has got personality as well. Um, but he's just you know just a bit more open in 
in how he does it. But like, this is the thing. When we had to write about three press conferences yesterday and it was kind of like summing up these guys. I talked about Alvarez and like, Ortega was just seems like a nice guy, like a normal guy, happy to be there from from what we could see. Obviously, you know, he, he's come and he keeps saying he wants to be number one, but obviously happy to be there in the sense that, well, fuck me, I moved to Manchester City. But that you just realise that it's it's just different people, different personalities, different traits. You know, it's, obviously everyone knows that they're just human beings at the end of the day. But when there's kind of a conveyor belt of of three press conferences and you kind of got to do about first impressions and all that kind of stuff, like it was it was an interesting mix of characters. Yeah. But yeah, obviously the way Harland is and that personality, it's, yeah, it's just really interesting. And I, I, it'll be interesting to see how he is over the course of the years, like in terms of that personality coming out, because I can see him not really doing any interviews. And when he has to like do contractually obliged like Sky ones, maybe he's not, you know, maybe he's not great and he doesn't say a lot and they have to do a lot of work to make it look good or whatever. But ultimately, again, this is what I was keen to point out in my article. It's nothing, it's nothing more than a, a nice sunny day in July because if he's scoring loads of goals, no one's going to give a shit what he's like. And that was exactly how it was with Aguero. And it yeah. was only in the last few years that people realised like, just how funny this guy is. Yeah. Um, he was also asked about how he'll fit in and what sort of player the fans can expect from him. Uh, this is what he said. A player that smiles a lot, uh, works a lot, and hopefully uh, enjoy the game a lot. I want to uh, have fun. When I have fun, I score goals. I smile. I uh, enjoy playing football and everything. So in the end, I just hope to smile a lot. There we have it. Paul, uh, how, how likely is it that you have fun in a Guardiola system? I think it's quite likely. I think it's quite likely because basically because he has been able to choose what system he wanted to join. <laughs> so um, he know what to expect. He know what what we will have what he will have around. Sorry, and I think that he will be surrounded with enough providers to to make him ha- to, to, to make him happy basically and to make him smile, which is what he really wanted. <laughs> yeah. After what he said. Yeah, Sammy's. Um, it's, I, I did find that an interesting line actually about um, about wanting to be happy more than anything else because you, like it's not even it's not even the platitude of oh, I just want to come in help the team score a lot of goals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, even though it was, I don't know, it didn't like it didn't play up to this idea of I don't know, big big crazy robot boy or whatever. But it was genuine, and it it did it did sound a bit. I suppose you could say it, it would it sound a bit cheesy, you know. I, I want to, you know, yeah. I want I want to smile and be happy or whatever. You think, oh, yeah, of course you do, mate. So does everyone. But like again, it did seem genuine. It didn't just seem like that throwaway stupid line that you just roll your eyes at and go bloody hell come on mate play the game like like I say everything he said that was even a bit like that did did yeah genuinely strike me as genuine um and yeah like I think it'll be really interesting for the players to get to know him yeah because I think it'd be a really interesting character to kind of to be a teammate and hopefully you know as the as the months go on we'll have some good insight into to how that's going and how his teammates are finding him and that'd be a yeah. good podcast to do yeah um but yeah, in terms—I mean, in terms of us, like we all—we all got really happy when he said hello to us walking into a press conference. So I mean, we're easily <laughs> pleased, aren't we? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty-four-seven U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Sam, you mentioned before about uh, him being genuine when he talks about uh, improving his game as well. I've clipped that up. So this is this is what he yes, says is um, when when asked what, what he could improve in his game. Everything. Everything. Headers, shooting with our left foot, right foot. Movements with the ball, off the ball, everything. It's it's a really really simple answer, that isn't it, Paul? But it, it, yeah. it kind of says a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is simple, but I think it's gonna please Pep quite a lot because that's exactly what what Pep wants to find on the training ground. Like players which are passionate, just to listen and learn how City plays and how to develop their game to 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 the very next level. Um, I'm not sure he he can improve. I mean, he has some things that are unique in the world and. You don't need to improve it because he's world-class in that. Um, but the attitude is great. I guess that probably he's aware that he will have to improve like in the involvement with the ball probably because that will change compared to all the other teams that he's been maybe. Um, and he also spoke a lot about the connections, not just in the pressure, but like on the stage. And I think that he's right and that it's going to be like really important just to make this click with the teammates that he's going to have around um, and just learn how to read the spaces and all these kind of things. But yeah, I think that he's proven to be very smart with it and very genuine as well inside the pitch, not just off the pitch. Yeah, Sam, I just wonder how much of it as well is is the self-awareness to know that at, at some point, I mean, let's say he scores in the first three games and, you know, yeah, three games in and, and Guardiola gets asked about how many he can get this season and Guardiola will obviously do that thing where he says, well, he could get a load, but, you know, he needs to do this, he needs to do this more. Mm. And it's it's almost as if he's kind of telling Guardiola, listen, I'm prepared for you to do that because I'm aware as well what I need to do. Yeah, I was just thinking while, while Paul was talking then, um, it's a, it's a good way of because I, I don't know if he's I suppose he is savvy enough to know this because obviously the way he's treated in Norway is you know it's like this guy's a fucking god and I guess he's had it in with his numbers and stuff and the way he's covered in Germany and and I guess even now in England as well he'll know that everyone this is you know this is why it's an unusual transfer this is why you know on the athletic we wrote yeah. an article one article saying oh look maybe it won't work because the general expectation is that it's going to be fucking amazing it's going to be one of the best transfers of all time and he's going to score like 50 goals a year and because that's the that's the general that is the base opinion everyone's got some transfers you're like, oh yeah he's a good player could be but this is just like well this guy's going to be amazing this is scary for the premier league you got to have him in your FPL team. All of that. The base level is this guy's amazing. So I think there might be an element of him thinking, I've got to do myself a favor a bit, you know, because he's obviously confident. But also, like, there was a question about De Bruyne getting him assists. Like, like, how many do you think? Like, he only got eight last season. How many do you think he'll get next season? And he was, oh, yeah, I hope, I hope for his sake he'll get more. And he was like, oh, how many? And he just didn't say anything, did he? And it was like on the stage, Alvarez was asked, have you set yourself a goals target? And he just didn't give a number. Because like, why would you? Why would you set those expectations for yourself? Yeah. You, did, then, yeah, only, I, you can I, only fail to meet them. You can't. You, yeah, I and, know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, and I was thinking as well, like that. It, when I was thinking that, I thought, yeah, maybe when Guardiola is asked, you know, how can this boy win the Ballon d'Or? Maybe he's like, look, he's twenty-one years old. Let's not. 
Yeah. You know, let's not go overboard because we know the expectations. They are what they are. Like every, everyone, like whether whether you want him to be a success or not, I think everyone just thinks he's going to be amazing. Maybe there's City and you know, oh, sorry, United and and like Liverpool fans thinking, oh, I hope he's shit, but I'm sure they think he's going to be amazing. Yeah. So. Uh- uh, just to temper those expectations a bit, I'm sure there'll be a lot of that from from Guardiola, and I guess yesterday there was a bit of that from Holland. Yeah, and I don't know if it can be like a possible warning how well the Lukaku thing panned out at Chelsea because Lukaku started. I can, I think I can remember the game against Arsenal. What, what yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah, his yeah. first game that he absolutely yeah. dominated Arsenal, and like yeah. everyone was saying, "Wow, yeah, that was the final piece that Tuchel was missing on the front line." Um, how many goals is is he going to score? Is he dominate the whole league? Um, and then look at what happened. So I think probably with, with Holland, like the expectations are even higher. Um, yeah. But probably his personality is kind of different. I mean, he kind of looked like ready to embrace that challenge. Um, he doesn't, I mean, he, like, he looks uh, that he likes to be pushed to like certain limits. So yeah, let's let's hope for the city fans that it's gonna is it, it's not gonna follow like the Lukaku path. <laughs> yeah, um, Sam, the, the, the other kind me. of <laughs> yeah, the other the other angle to this as well, and, and I just kind of want to look at this from the other side uh, because we've we've talked a little bit about uh, his potential improvements, and you know we've uh, one thing I, I don't think we've really considered. Well, we talk about how it gets worse. Well, no, uh, no. <laughs> uh, one thing I've not really thought we've uh, we, we've we've thought about is um, just like how he improves City. Well, how does City improve him? Well, yeah, but I mean that's that's the Guardiola thing, isn't it? It's like if you buy into it and you and you do this, it's a full thing. You know, you you get you get better as a player. Um, more, well, I mean, it's, I would say better as well. You could also um, characterize it as well-rounded because yeah. obviously Foden's yeah. season last year, I think a lot of fans would have rather seen him on the left, like he was the season before, taking people on, scoring goals, you know, putting them in the bottom corner. Whereas he spent half the season doing the really difficult stuff as a false nine. But I'm convinced certain that he would have improved in that sense been more more well-rounded um so yeah i mean i think the obvious thing with harland is just improve that link up play that's that's that kind of the biggest thing but then yeah if he does improve in all the ways he says you know the movements which i'm sure he will because that's a big thing um even like the runs off the ball maybe um to bring others into the game or to, to create space for others um i don't know i mean like like Paul said, he has got some unique things. Does he need to improve his finishing? I don't know. But if he yeah. if he does improve his movement, he improves his runs and his timing or whatever, then all of a sudden that finishing that's already there, that's where you get more goals from. It's you know the bit of it might be he'll he'll score, he'll score a higher percentage of his chances. Although I think with that sixty odd percent big chance conversion, not including penalties over the last like two and a half years at Dortmund, that's pretty much as good as you can get. That's better than anyone else in in Europe in the top five leagues. Um, it's probably better than anyone in any top league and any shit one. Um, it's, it's it's unbelievable. I don't know how many more goals you can score in terms of just pure finishing ability. But yeah, if you're in a team that's, that is creating that many chances per game and, you know, City winning the XG, all that kind of stuff, then he, he'll, 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 be, he'll be scoring plenty more. So it, yeah, he'll, he'll just improve across, across the board. But by basically doing it in those kind of two or three areas link up play and, and movement and, and runs and stuff because the rest is is pretty much already there yeah and I'm thinking as well Paul if he's if he's doing all that as well suddenly there's a little bit more space for Bernardo there's more space for De Bruyne there's more space for Foden oh yeah they'll like, find, the they'll, they'll find a way as well yeah they'll, they'll find a, a, an improvement to their game just by somebody occupying different spaces yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think that's that's an advantage that Holland has on his side that 
Um, he's going to have to adapt or to learn how City play, but all the other pieces around him, they already know it. And they already know how to read it, how to interpret it, how to occupy the spaces, how to, yeah. So, and it's not it's like they played a false nine all season. Like yeah. they were, you know, when Sterling played or Jesus played. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Jesus could play both and, and drop deep. But like the last game of the season against Villa, and like when Torres was there, they were playing on the shoulder, stretching, stretching exactly. the, the defenders yeah. in behind. That that famous game against Everton where Cole Palmer played and Guardiola kind of explained to us a few weeks later that you know he played false nine in the first half, but then we realised he didn't need to. So second yeah. half, just played on the shoulder. You stretch them back. I think that's kind of how. De Bruyne scored those four goals against Wolves because yeah. they had the kind of two false nines, wasn't it? But one was, one was kind of going in, but Bernardo was kind of drop, like pushing them back a bit. Mainly it was from the wings, um, Sterling and Foden p- pushing them back, and then De Bruyne just had a shitload of space to to exploit in front of the back four. Yeah, now suddenly you got Haaland doing that, and I think defenders will be so concerned by him because of his own individual ability. I think if you were playing against any city front line, you'd be really concerned anyway. If they were, if they were trying to was in behind you and running behind you and push you back, you'd be really concerned. But with Haaland and his reputation, and like that Declan, no, not Declan Rice, the Mark Noble quote at the end of last season about retiring, he was at I'll be on the beach and Craig Dawson will be marking Haaland. Yeah. That goes to show the kind of thing, you know, fo- footballers aren't just thinking, oh no, it'll be fine, like, we'll show this guy. They're, they're obviously like, fuck me. <laughs> this is going to be a test yeah fun on a bum um, and, and in fact he didn't know then that West Ham will be playing City in the first game of the season as well so I guess it's be even harder for Dawson yeah. Dawson and the lads you'd like to think baptism of fire first game um, Paul he spoke a little bit about his uh, journey to this point in his career as well uh, and I thought he was uh, he, he was a little bit kind of um, well, let's say forthright about uh, the question about setting down roots in Manchester because he, he basically said back well I've signed a five-year deal so we'll start with that um so I mean there we have it confirmation we can assume that it'll be here for at least five years <laughs> well <laughs> if you want to take it as a confirmation feel free <laughs> um yeah I don't know I mean it's those kind of things that I mean in football five years is like a whole wall and I'm gonna sound like Pepe here but I think that is the reality I mean um we've all heard that jo- that Joao Cancelo in his first season, he wasn't probably like on the best place and he was considering leaving, but look at him now. So you cannot predict what's, what's going to happen in two or three years. Um, so, yeah, I think having this mentality of like trying to set down roads in Manchester or just like um, getting used to the city and just be involved with all like that, that kind of stuff is nice and, and it's good, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and Sammy, because um, he, he, he was quite um, he was quite good on kind of how his career has been managed to this point, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, well, I suppose you can't deny it. That is that is how it's been. Um, you know, Rayola knew knew what he was doing in that sense. Um, although I suppose it's not normally that way, is it? Because if you think of his other clients, kind of Pogba and Ibrahimovic, and I don't know whether they've they've obviously just kind of the, the, gone the for the big move. When it was who? Sorry. The league. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, they've kind of gone for that big move when it's presented itself. But obviously, with Haaland, they didn't go right bang, Mulder, yeah. straight to Dortmund. They obviously have managed it very well. Um, it is a proper, like, career mode kind of career, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just step up, step up, step up, bang. And they, now you are at the top. And yeah, obviously, for City's sake, you'd, you'd like to think that, you know, five, five years is, is the starting point. Um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be people out there thinking, not probably not City fans, probably other journalists and probably fans from other clubs. Thinking, why did nobody ask him directly about um, the release clause? I mean, there's there's probably no 
acceptable answer. But and look, because we had a barbecue at my house afterwards, so I spoke. I spoke about this with with Mooney afterwards, and and Paul would have been part of it if you if if you you know not been trying to solve your living arrangements. Yeah, and like Jack and John were here, and I was like, look, I was thinking, like, can I can I ask about fucking buyout clause on his first day, knowing that I'm covering the club every day. I mean, my relationship with City shit anyway, but you'd rather not torpedo your relationship with Haaland on the first day. Um, but then I thought, how often are we going to see him anyway? You know, mix zones are dried up since the pandemic. Well, they're, they're operating in different ways. Maybe you won't see him that much. But ultimately, it is something that will be covered and that will be asked when the time's right. But I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I was thinking, look, I'd, love to, I'd love to know his answer on the buyout clause. And look, maybe other reporters will listen to this and go, you fucking, you're not doing your job properly if you didn't ask it. But there is an element of maintaining that relationship. And then Jack was like, "What? Like, would his dad and his lawyer behind him?" I, I didn't, re- I didn't realize they were, they were in the room as well. Um, but yeah, you've got to kind of manage those relationships a bit. But I would like a definitive answer on the buyout clause. My hunch is that that thing in market was right. That you know, there's 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 different values and they and they kind of decrease over time, but they are that high it's going to be very difficult anyway and to bring it back to Haaland's answer um, obviously if his intention is to to stay for as long as possible then you know um, not to put too much pressure on him but start making a statue yeah I was start <laughs> I was starting to think about the buyout clause thing though Sam because um, City's position has always been like bring us this value if you if you want to leave bring us this value um, yeah like I, I, yeah I, now I, it's easier now it's the yeah. 175 million euros then Good luck finding that. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's, is it not is it not just putting that into writing that that sort of non-verbal agreement that, that sort of verbal agreement into an actual contract? Is that not is well, that yeah, not all they've that, done? Yeah, right? it, it it does. If you think of it like that, rather than it kind of paves the way for a player to leave. Because let's say I always use De Bruyne in this because he's such a safe example, I and mean, he keeps saying how much he wants to stay at City. He's just signed a new contract, and he's a good example because he's that expensive. No one could afford him anyway. But like if De Bruyne wanted to go and really kicked off, City would be like, well, where do we pitch this? And all of a sudden, you're struggling then because it's like, well, we want 150 million euros. But like, you've got you know Laporta telling the Barcelona press that they're going to pay 75 million over 15 years or whatever. And all of a sudden, it's like, how's this going to be resolved? But yeah, with Haaland, you just go, yeah, okay, 175 million, lads. You've, like, you can say to Haaland, you've known what this is for years. And yeah. you say to the clubs, this is what it is. And maybe in the end, you know, if it's, let's just say there's some massive problem and he wants to go in three years and no one's paying 175, he can at least be like, well, 150 then. And then you've done a phenomenal piece of business there. And, you know, it's softened the blow of him wanting to go because you've got loads of money for him. So, yeah, if you put it from that point of view, it, 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 it offers a lot of guarantees and, and, a, and a lot of money. But, you know, it, it's, it's one of thousands of possible outcomes. And, you know, others are stay for 10 years and you know overtake Aguero you know there's there's it could be either end of the spectrum yeah there's plenty to to kind of uh, to go to go on and I'm, I, I just I don't see I don't see the big worry that people have about there being a release clause in the deal yeah. it's, it's like it's just I mean I think it's it's a bit alarming because the guy hadn't even set well he had I mean he'd been in Manchester a couple of times but like he hadn't held up a shirt he hadn't had a shirt number and there was already stories I mean he was what, a week after he had announced that the, there was that agreement with Dortmund and there was already talking about buyout clauses. You think all of a sudden the narrative changed now to how long is this guy going to be? He hasn't even kicked a ball yet. So it's a bit like you, you can be annoyed by it and you can be a bit alarmed by it. And I think a lot of people are kind of in the middle of the two. Yeah, a bit of both. And I've always said before, you know, like if he, 
if you had a buyout clause after three years, I mean, two is bad. Two's terrible. But three years would be bad enough because you think you have two seasons. You think how quickly two seasons pass because to think two seasons ago was the behind closed doors ones, which feels like forever ago. But like all of a sudden you've got the Spanish papers saying Operation Harland on the front page every day. And like that's, that's started already. Like, yeah. It, that, it is annoying. So I, I, I do get why people are kind of alarmed by it. But at the same time, when you put it from the other perspective, it's like, well, it actually makes it really hard for these clubs who currently haven't got any money and have never spent anywhere near that much. Obviously, Real Madrid have spent big on fees, but they've never, they've never gone 175. Yeah, um, yeah it, 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 can't, it does add uh, some assurances. Yeah. Um, just talking about uh, the deal itself, Sam, you asked him about his conversation with Guardiola before he signed. Uh, he wasn't giving anything away, was he? This is what he said. I watched Manchester City ever since uh, Pep Guardiola took over in uh, 2016, I believe it was. So uh, I know, I think I know exactly how they play and uh, I know, I think I know a lot about everything. So uh I think that's the most important thing. When you when you spoke to, to Guardiola, though, what what did you have? What questions do you have for him? As I said, I I knew a lot of things uh, before uh, before everything. So yeah. Some things are just always going to remain secret, aren't they, Sam? Yeah. No, I thought like in, obviously in the in the context of this, it's like what well, I was really pushing and like, but I, I thought he just misunderstood the question. I thought, oh. I, I, I speak in a stupid way and you know the the difference in the accents or whatever he'd just been like he just answered the question he thought he'd heard kind of thing um, so I was like yeah but you know just because it's it's funny when that happens you you see other reporters ask questions and, and like the managers like foreign managers or whatever um, will misunderstand and everyone on the Zoom or in the press conference room knows they've misunderstood and then the journalist doesn't say it again and I'm just like come on mate you just got. You've got to say. You've got. You've got. If you if you wanted to ask the question, you've got to say. Oh yeah, but I actually meant this. Um, so I was like, well, I'll, I'll ask him because he obviously didn't get it, or I I put it across badly. But he was just like, no, I know everything already. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably the when he said, I know everything about. Uh, he goes, I know a lot about everything. I was like, that's that's the closest he'd come to like living up to that uber confident persona. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, again, if if that's true, excellent. Yeah, Paul. I was thinking that was possibly the only time he was a bit guarded in that press conference. Yeah, yeah. I think because probably it it was kind of Not thing he him. wanted to speak about. Maybe because it, well, when it was done, uh, it was a time that probably it wasn't legal by FIFA rules. Although I just think that happens like in every club and in every transfer and in every situation. And every know everyone knows that. Of course, Dortmund knew it, and all the clubs and managers spoke to Haaland on the last year, but it sounded to me like he wasn't up for giving up any kind of detail just in case, just in case, because it happened when, yeah, just the deal, the deal wasn't still like fully agreed. Um, and yeah, just to avoid any sort of problem. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. While we're, we're talking on the forward line, because we focused a lot on Haaland so far, Sam, you also <laughs> you asked uh, Alvarez about uh, basically starting the season straight after finishing his, uh, his previous season. Uh, this is what he said. His words have been translated. It's true, I've played a, a lot of games recently, but uh, I've been in this situation before and I didn't have any rest and I could perform. I'm really excited and really looking forward to play for this team and I just want to give my 100%. pero estoy... That's excellent audio mixing, mate. And yeah. the funny thing about that is when you were talking about it yesterday, you were like, I could like overlap the audio, but <laughs> it's like half an hour of work, can't be asked. And fair play, you've done it anyway, and it sounded I, great. I actually so did well it in, uh, in two minutes while we, were wait, while we were waiting for Haaland to come out. I, uh, I just okay. popped the headphones right, in nice. and did it then, so I thought, I, nice. actually, it's, it's worked out Just to say right. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah take, take, take the credit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, don't, you don't. You don't get a lot. <laughs> um, compared to Haaland, then Sam, uh, how how do you think he'll find it to fit in? <sighs> yeah, much harder. Not 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 necessarily. Maybe 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 he'll be better. Maybe, but if if you're looking look, uh, looking at the factors, you know, he arrived in Manchester Saturday. Um, doesn't speak the language. Has never moved club before. Um, it's just it's different. A massively different culture. Yeah, massive. Yeah, massively different language. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of Argentinians in the area now. Like, he'd, if he'd have come a few years ago, he would, you know, just go around Aguero and Otamendi. You'd be like, you'd be fine. Um, yeah, that that's that's harder now. Um, yeah, first first big move. Like, like Harlan said, he's moved clubs a few times, so he kind of knows the drill. He's moved countries a couple of times as well, so I think he'd he'd be alright with that. And uh, you know, Alvarez is really exciting. He's, I think, he's. A, <laughs> I'm genuinely really excited by how it look if it all clicks, and I hope it does. Um, but obviously, Harlan's just better, isn't he? You know, Har- yeah, yeah. Harlan's a better player and more experienced and speaks the language, even though he's younger. Um, he's just he's just a different level. Um, but like I've said this before, I think stylistically, um, Alvarez is a better fit right now in terms of his. He can play outside the box, and obviously, he's a, he's a very good finisher, and and he's got that. A, the, the kind of aggression and the the runs in behind and if the, if there's an opportunity for a one on one to take somebody on he's really aggressive and now he'll kind of try and get past his man so I've said that before like in terms of his game I think he could he could adapt quicker but we know it's not just about style it's about a million other things and like I say he could he could end up adapting better than Harlem because nobody knows literally like, even the players themselves won't know how it's going to go um, 
but the fact is if you look at it like that do make it harder but I'd, i'm sure you know paul you, you might have some other factors mooney you might have some other factors i'll, I'll speak yeah. to nadam about it now there, there might be some things that that really work in his favor apart from you know being well suited to the playing style already there might be other things that make you think yeah this guy's gonna this guy's gonna smash it maybe the fact he's played so much football already maybe the fact yeah, he's banging form yeah. he doesn't need to he doesn't really need to go flat out in in pre-season and and you know look for a rhythm at the start of the season you know he's already sticking over yeah yeah um paul i mean the the interesting thing he he, he was asked whereabouts he plays and i think we we all kind of were looking at that with the with the view of there's a massive gaping hole on that wide right side now with sterling and, and jesus not there um could he fit in there yeah, and I think that he knew that. He knew that because he was quite insistent like on, on saying that he can play like different roles in the front line, he can play on the wing. I, th- I think that he actually said, said it before anyone asked him. So um, uh, as long as Haaland is fit, I mean, he's going to have to play on the wings if he plays because <laughs> Haaland is going to um, take that central forward role. But yeah, just to make a difference with Haaland, I think that he arrived with knowing his role, basically, um, like from a humble angle, re- ready to accept that he's going to have to try to help the team because he's not like on the status that Haaland is, of course, right now. Um, and yeah, basically, I think that he could. I mean, it, 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 it was a bit like like when Gabriel Jesus came in the club, um, that he was like, yeah, I'm just ready to help the team, like in terms of like being a squad member and try to help um, with whatever I can. And I think that the most common place for him is going to be the right wing or just some wing. Um, let's see if, how how he fits in there because I think that he needs to be more close to the box than than to the wide line. Um, but I think that he can do that. I think that he can be helpful like running in behind, just, just pushing the defense line and probably will need to learn or improve how to behave off the ball and how to link with the players. But I think that he can do a role on the wing, yeah, of course. Yeah, is the is the plan? Do you know still to kind of assess him in preseason and see where we're at? Yeah, it's and it's not like assess him in preseason and like loan him. It's like, yeah, if yeah. it's not working, it's like, oh yeah, God, this this guy can start. You know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. if if he has a better preseason than Mares because you know he's hit the ground running and Mares has got a cold or whatever, or he's upset by not going to the World Cup, like Guardiola said that time, for a million different reasons. It's like shit. We'll play this guy, or maybe it's like. Oh, okay, yeah, he, he needs, needs a bit of time with this, needs a bit of time with that. You know, he'll, he'll be on the bench for a few games and take it from there. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the kind of assessment that will go on. It's not like, oh, this, this guy's miles off it. Yeah. Um, he can go on loan. To be fair, even if he is miles off it, he, they, they're not going to send him on loan. They'll keep him around. No, no, but, yeah. But I, I don't think they're expecting him to be. That's the thing. Like, they know it's a big step, so they're not expecting him to be top man. But they're not like, it's, it's not like a, a wild end of the spectrum. Like, it could be a one or it could be a 10. They're, they're pretty sure he's going to be good. It's just how soon he goes in. Yeah. I think that there won't be a new quote from Pep uh, mentioning like the watermelon example that he said with Gabriel Jesus with that a Spanish idiom that he tries to translate into English saying that, yeah, that's he's, he, he's like a watermelon that you don't know what to find inside until you open it. Uh, I think that he said it after the first game of Gabriel Jesus. <laughs> um, I think that they know better what they can expect from Julian Alvarez, but it's a bit like, yeah, just let's see, let's see him how he trains, how he does some certain things, because it changes a lot seeing him on, on video or just on TV or seeing him on the training ground. Yeah. What's, what's the idiom, Paul? The idiom in Spanish is like, um, 
I'm going to try to translate it. So um, being like a watermelon to open, it's actually being like a melon to open. It's, a, it's just a situation that you don't know what to expect because until you open it, until you slice, slice it through the middle, you, you don't know what's inside. So that's a Spanish idiom. It's quite common in, in, in Spanish. And Pep tried to translate it into English. When, it, and when, we just don't, yeah, we, we yeah, have nothing. We just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have anything similar for that? I mean, we missed that, but I can't. I can't think of anything. Related? No, I can't think of anything. Well, think next week. week. We'll homework to do. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know in the let us know in the replies, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll address that next week. Um, uh, Calvin Phillips wasn't there, Sam. He's not very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when when they announced it on stage, there was groans, weren't there? Like people were like, "Oh, fuck's sake!" Uh, and that would have been really interesting because I thought he would have been. I thought Harlan may have may have been the the guarded Harland. I was like, either he'll you know kind of turn it on for the crowd or he'll be the guarded one or he'll turn it on for the crowd and be guarded for the media kind of thing. But I was like Phillips might be a bit more like you know Grealish last year because Grealish had an unveiling and he was fantastic wasn't he? Yeah. He was just really funny engaging just in that way the Grealish is whenever he speaks he's kind of, he's kind of he's just lovable isn't he? Like he's just a funny guy. And I, I thought Phillips might have been like that, you know. You got two guys who, you know, Ortega speaks English pretty well, um, and he, he was he was quite confident with it. Um, and obviously, Alvarez was stuck to Spanish as you as you would completely expect, and stuck to the kind of media training answers. Fine, Harland was Harland, but I thought Phillips, as the English guy, would have just been a different, you know, different character, different things to talk about, different view on his role in the team, what he hopes to achieve, and all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a shame. Um, and yeah, I hope. I mean, hopefully, with the illness, he'll he'll be well enough to to travel to to the US at the end of the week. And I suppose if not, he can just go a bit later. But you don't want anyone having a disrupted preseason, yeah. especially and, through through missing a flight to America. Like, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder how that will pan out this week. <laughs> um, I think that 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 we shouldn't forget uh, either. Um, how big of a shame. It was for the young kid that that was asked how many Premier League uh, appearances oh. Calvin Phillips had registered be- yeah. before joining City. Poor kid. <laughs> I, I the the questions that, yeah. they were asking. So for anyone who Mental. kind of didn't see it or arrived later or turned on later or whatever, they had two kids on the stage to win a signed Calvin Phillips shirt, and the questions they were asking them were like re- genuinely difficult. Yeah. Like, I like Phillips's family would have to have a guess. Some of them. <laughs> like, one of them was like who did he make his debut like his Premier League debut against which o- only later on I, I realised I was all you had to do was think back to the first game of the season before yeah it was last. a 4-3 but, but when you're 8 years old on a stage like you're not gonna you're not gonna do the mental arithmetic quickly enough are you really yeah because the, the actual it's one of those quiz show questions where they're not asking actually what um, what team Phillips made its debut against it was which team did Leeds play on the opening day of last season yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, there was there was another one. I mean, the tiebreaker was how many Premier League appearances has he made? And again, the kids were like 80, 140. But again, they only got promoted two years ago. And he was injured for most of this season, so it would be low. But again, at eight years old, you're not really going to be thinking that. And I can't, there was a third one that struck me as particularly difficult. But the first thing I remember was they said, um, that, I think the hosts were laughing when when I turned up and they were like, no swearing on the stage because the kid must have got a question wrong. And said like, "Oh shit" or something, which is quite amusing. <laughs> but he was he was livid, wasn't he? When he didn't win, they they said they yeah. had to get him a, a, yeah. a, a like a signed ball or something, and he was he was happy with that. But um, yeah, I mean, fair play. Nobody nobody likes to lose, do they? 
Yeah. Um, final word for the uh, players coming in, Paul. Um, Ortega seemed, uh, I mean, he seemed like a lovely chap on stage, but I, I, I didn't see his press conference. I'm just a bit, uh, I, I'm, how, how much of a role can he play next season? Um, I think it's good to have like a new keeper with mm, hunger just to try to push others on. Of, of course, he knows that he's going to be like the number two and that most likely he's not going to be the starter keeper. But I think it's going to be good to have somebody behind uh, Ederson just like pushing through. Um, it's like a position where you probably need um, competition just to keep that level of attention because Ederson is not touching the ball so so frequently as all of his teammates. So probably having like someone in training who is really hoping to try to be not number one is going to be good for him and it's going to be good for City as well so yeah I think that it's going to be it's a good move in terms of like refreshing things as Pep likes um, and let's see which is the potential impact not just on the starting lineup because I think that of course Ederson is going to keep like the number one but on Ederson per- performances as well yeah I'm looking forward to seeing him play though like yeah. when I wrote the article it's not being disrespectful like Haaland was the main attraction. He's always going to be. Like even if Phillips was there as well, Haaland was the main attraction. Funnily enough, like if 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 Haaland had been the one that was ill and he hadn't gone yesterday, God, it would have been a bit of a washout, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but like, but and the thing with Ortega, I'm not I'm not going to write an article. I've already written an article about the guy saying who he is and what he does and stuff. And some of the stuff about him is really impressive. But I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yeah, he's going to be number one because chances are he's not. But I am genuinely excited. Like that's. There's quite a few unknowns heading into next season, which obviously we'll cover when the season starts and people have got a fair idea themselves already, you know, in terms of how the squad is shaping up and people leaving and all that kind of thing. But in terms of like the pure, oh, I'll be interested to see how he plays. Like when City play in the Carabao Cup and Ortega's in goal, I'll be really interested because like for what I've seen of him, the saves he's been making are unbelievable. Yeah. Like if he, if he starts putting a few of them together and Edison has one of those runs of form where, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I, I'm... I'm slagging him off because I don't understand what how difficult the save is. But if he has a run of form where he's conceding goals where you think, should he have done better there? And Ortega's making outrageous saves in the games he gets and in training. And obviously, his passing seems really good and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be number one at any point of the season. I mean, but it's, it's, it's a remote possibility. But even the games he does play, I just think it'd be fascinating to see how he does because he's quite, got a very distinctive style. And when he said yesterday, my style was a mixture of like German and Spanish in terms of goalkeepers, I was like, yeah, I've not seen that before. So, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. It's, it's, it's an exciting signing, but obviously I can't tell you that he's going to be the main man. Yeah. And but yeah, uh, I look forward to that. And Paul, let's finish on some uh, news lines because okay. um, as, uh, has much happened with, uh, with Kukurea now that, now that Sterling's left? Uh, that's a good question uh, because I think now that the Nathanaka thing is going to put the Cucurella transfer a bit on hold. Um, I think that if Nathanaka is finally leaving, which is still not a done thing, and there are still like a lot of steps to be to to be done in that regard, um, City is going to be after a new centre back. Um, City knows that Pep prefer for the way they play. They they need four, four centre-backs in there, so that's probably going to be on top of Cucurella. But for sure, he's still like a target for City. They really want him, but they feel that probably it's more like a late transfer window signing, um, which will be a possibility. Um, and yeah, then it's going to be interesting what, what is happening with Nathan Ake and which are the names that City will consider on the centre-back position, which 
as of now are a bit unknown to me, unfortunately, but I will keep asking and digging, mm. I can promise, <laughs> just, yeah, just to try to find out. Um, and we said last week, like, I'm, I'm not necessarily expecting, you know, big names, big centre-back names around yeah. Europe, like Paul Torres or De Ligt. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, like, in fact, um, an old contact, an old colleague of mine, a goal, the Sevilla guy, he messaged me earlier on saying, do you think City will go back in for Koundé? And I was like, I, was like, I don't know, but I, I don't think so. Because when they wanted Kunde, they wanted somebody, you know, this was who they wanted before Diaz. They yeah. wanted somebody who was going to come in and play the majority of games and be the big guy. Um, you know, now they want somebody who's going to play like 30 if they're lucky. It's a completely different profile. It's, so all, you end it's up, almost like the ideal player would be Nathan Ake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, are, yeah. You, you end up buying somebody from like Brighton or Southampton or Crystal Palace or Leeds, you know, who are like, oh shit, yeah, I'll go to City. Okay, I might not play loads. It's like Calvin Phillips. We talked about it last week with yeah. Chiromeni. You know, Chiromeni is. A better player, I think City know he's a better player, but he's going to expect to play loads of games, and that's not going to happen while Rodri's there. Phillips knows his role, but in, it's like Ortega; he knows his role. He's going to come in and push and try and be number one, but he knows it's not guaranteed. And that, that's the kind of character you're going to need for a fourth choice. So you, you're buying players from those clubs, or you know, I guess, and I've said this before, but I don't know, maybe somebody who is a big name but older. You know, they're at the end of their career and they're, and they're happy to go. You know, when they were going to sign Danny Alves, that kind of thing. But yeah. that's just you know, hypothetical, and it's interesting to see who who they'll go for if and when Ake goes. Yeah, um, Paul. It's in terms of um, movement on transfers. I, 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 I'm getting I getting the sense from people on Twitter that they're a little bit nervous that Kukurea isn't going to happen um, because it's been dragging on. That's the sort of when when you say it's kind of moved down the priority list with Ake and and that sort of thing. Is, is there any reason to be worried it couldn't happen? Because there was there was talk of a new deal for him at Brighton. Now, I think that there's still hope um, from all the ends for this deal to happen. Um, of course, the, the story that David Ornstein and, and Andy Naylor did, that Brighton offered him a uh, new contract, I think that from the players' camp, they, they still have City as their priority this summer. They want to go to City, um, and City wants him. But... But yeah, it's just a thing that when we well, when we spoke, I think it was two podcasts ago about the transfer activity of Man City. That usually things doesn't go to plan on that on the transfer window, and City are well aware of that with the Hurricane Saga, with Harry Maguire, with whatever you want to mention. Um, this this summer, I think that the plan has qu- gone quite well, and the only thing that probably hasn't won as hasn't been as fast as you could imagine was the Cucurella deal. But, I mean, um, I think it doesn't make it a bad window for City either. But yeah, I think that there's still, from what I get, that there's still hope from all the sides that Cucurella could end up being a City player. Yeah, for for sure. And also, I put this in my article yesterday in terms of what Paul was saying there. You got four signings to unveil the day before pre-season starts. Like, it's not a cheap dig at United. But, you know, United haven't got any. You know, United need to make signings and they haven't got any. You know, Chelsea are trying to make signings. Obviously, Sterling's going to go soon. Um, yeah. But, you know, City have got four players through the door already. And the, the last one is Kukurea. And they might end up keeping Zinchenko anyway. It's not like they're missing... Like, if if, if Kukurea doesn't happen, you know, at the moment, there's there's nothing really to suggest it won't. Just that it's going to be delayed. Um, but if it doesn't happen and they get the fourth choice centre back instead of Ake, I don't think they're going to be light. Because as I've said a million times... Keep keeps Inchenko for as long as you possibly can, because yeah. he's he's still a great option. But yeah, if they get Kukurea, then again, that's that's another really interesting one, and it's another one. How does their game change on the left? You know, playing the left back. How does the game change on the right wing without Sterling and Jesus? How does the game change with the number nine? It, 
fascinating. But to get four players in already in the kind of very specific roles and expecting to pay loads, not expecting to pay loads, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. And to be fair to see, they're, they're in a really good position already. Yeah. Well, uh, that brings us to an end for this week's Why With Us. So thank you to Sam Lee. Thanks very much. And Paul Bias. Thank you very much. Don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for £1 a month for six months. You just need to use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.